I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. It's the Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Welcome back, everybody. My first guest is the creator and star of the Broadway smash musical Hamilton. Please welcome Lynn Manuel Miranda. Thank you for making me wow. feel welcome with the music of my people. Yeah, oh, absolutely. They, they, they make everybody feel welcome. <laughs> it's just like I'm in Washington Heights. Thank you. You're most, <laughs> most welcome. Uh, uh, me theater as a two theater. Oh. Yeah. That's you're the extent the, of my Spanish. I'm all Latin. done. Exactly. Um, it's really exciting to have you on. Uh, Hamilton, and listen, this is no surprise to you, completely blew me away. Well, thank you very much. Uh, has anybody, have you, any of y'all seen it? Thank you. Thanks, guys. Hard to get tickets. You might be a good guy to ask. Could you get us 400 tickets to Hamilton? Look under your chair! <laughs> if I had that Oprah power, I would do it. Now, uh, you, you, kinda, you grew up as like a theater kid. You loved musicals growing yes. up, right? Yes. What was, because for me, I went and saw it and I went, I didn't know really what to expect. I heard good things. And my first reaction was just like, oh, this is very interesting. This is very different. I wonder, I wonder how long this. They can sustain this. And then you go, oh, this is actually quite magnificent. And then two hours later, I'm going, why am I crying over Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> is that a common Great. reaction? Uh, it is a common reaction. I think a lot of people think it's going to be sort of very clever and there are going to be lots of knowing winks. And then, but Alexander Hamilton had this really full and tragic American life. And here so, in New York. Here in New York City. And he's kind of the New York founding father. How do you feel now that uh, Hamilton's going to come off the $10 bill? I don't think he is. Really? Yeah, I just... The, the plan was to take him off, like, by 2017. Do you think you single-handedly have kept him No, on I the don't bill? think I have. I think you have. No. Honest to God, because the, <laughs> up until your musical... Up until your musical, who talked about Alexander Hamilton? People yeah. thought he was a president, but he was never president. No, he was just a guy on the 10. But, you know, people have always underestimated Alexander Hamilton, so I think... I picture the ghost of Hamilton being like, I'm not coming off that money. <laughs> I have more he kind of to invented say. the money. He, he made he our money. He created our financial system. I mean, like one guy created our financial system, and so it's not just learning about Hamilton, but you're seeing like New York has this amazing colonial history. Yeah. You don't think of that. We're living in a colonial town right now because I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, yeah. which is like colonial Whoa. under colonial under glass. Like you're not allowed to change anything. <laughs> but New York is always making history because of people like Hamilton. Totally. And it's it, well, what was amazing about writing it was. You know, I'm a born and bred New Yorker, and I love New York, but I didn't have to go very far. My first musical was about Washington Heights, and... Hey! And there's lots of stuff there. I mean, 
you know, Fort Tryon Park, where Washington made his last stand before he bounced with his troops, mm -hmm. um, is, is right uptown. Um, his first headquarters is on 162nd Street, where, Al where Aaron Burr actually lived for a year. He married the owner of that house, Elijah Jumel, like in his 50s. She was 12 years older. He took all her money and bounced a year later. What, Aaron Burr did? Aaron Burr did. He yeah. was a gigolo? Yeah, well, he was just kind of like... <laughs> she was a very notorious lady. She married him for his notoriety. He was then famous for having shot... Homeboy, and, and as his friends called him. as his friends called him, he used to walk around and he'd say, "My friend Alexander Hamilton, who I shot." Oh wow! Yeah, he was. Did it bother him for the rest of his life? <laughs> yeah, he was sort of a haunted dude for the rest of his life. He may have tried to go annex Mexico and declare himself emperor. Um, there might be a sequel in the works. I mean, he That'd has cool. his whole crazy other life. Um, but yeah, he married this lady on 162nd, like sort of built her for all her money and then, like, fled to Europe. Um, one, of the, one of the amazing songs in it to me is The Room Where It Happened. Yeah. Okay. And that's Burr uh, wanting to be in the room where a deal is being cut between Hamilton and Jefferson and Madison, right? Yeah. Do I have that Yeah, right? which sounds so boring, doesn't it? They're but, trying to figure out where the banks go and where right. the capital goes. Yeah, it's a song about the compromise wherein Hamilton basically said, we can trade away the capital of, of the United States to be down near you guys in Virginia um, if you pass my debt plan, if you find the votes to pass my financial plan. Yeah. Um, which sounds super dry, but you we... Brought a, you wrote a Broadway show about creating a financial plan for the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it yeah. swings, baby, it swings. It does. <laughs> I just want to say... You, sir, have got some huevos rancheros. Oh, bless you. Really, it does. It takes balls. Thanks. It takes balls to write this kind of musical. One of my favorite characters in it is uh, Lafayette. Yeah. Okay? And one of the things that's amazing about, like, it hits you in the face of the history of New York is you started this thing at the public theater. Yeah. And so you'd go in and see, you know, someone playing Lafayette and talking about how important he was to the revolutionary cause. Then you'd walk out onto Lafayette Street totally. in New York City. Yeah, and you can't help but sing it. Lafayette! Yeah, the, the fun thing we do with Lafayette is he's kind of struggling with the language at the beginning of Act One, and then at, at the end of Act One, he's a commander, and he has the fastest raps in the show. Yeah. I call it the police academy uh, rule, which is, you remember the little lady in the police academy movies who would be like, please, can you please go? And then she'd be like, hey, freeze, sucker! And everyone would be like, oh! So that's kind of what we did with Lafayette. He's like, oh, I do not speak your language. And then suddenly he's like, I'm taking this horse by the reins, making red coats, red with blood stains. Like, <laughs> and everyone goes, oh! I'm just well, stealing from Police Academy. Well, uh, the same actor who plays Lafayette also plays Jefferson. Yes, and David that, Diggs. David Diggs. He's David a Diggs. force Amazing. of nature. And there are great, there are rap battles between Hamilton and Jefferson in front of Washington trying to determine things like, do they support Paris, do they pass a debt plan? And we've got a little clip, a small oh, clip great. here of what that's like to watch these rap battles. In Virginia, we plant seeds in the ground. We create. You just want to move our money around. This financial plan is an outrageous demand, and it's too many damn pages for any man to understand. Thomas, that was a real nice declaration. Welcome to the president. We're running a real nation. Would you like to join us or stay mellow doing whatever the hell it is you do in Monticello? A civics lesson from a slaver. Hey, neighbor. Your debts are paid because you don't pay for labor. We plant seeds in the South. We create and keep ranting. We know who's really doing the planting. What's it? His slaves. His slaves. We talk about slaves. We talk about slaves. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, again, this is like uh, this is like nothing I I've ever seen. 
um, and it's beautiful and it's really moving. Did you have this kind of experience? Like, what was like the thing that you saw when you were younger that completely blew you away and said, I have to do that? Oh, it was a couple of things. Um, one, uh, the first musical I ever saw on Broadway, we didn't have money for a ton of musicals. I was a cast album guy. My mom used to blast uh, Man of La Mancha and Camelot. Those were like sure, the big sure. ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they found Guinevere. That was like yeah. the bangingest. Sure. I am my Don Quixote, the uh, Lord of La, La Mancha. Mancha. My destiny calls and I go. Yes. Yeah. Sancho, yes, I'm Sancho. I follow my master till the end. We should take it on the road. Yeah, let's go. Yes. This thing is ready to go. Um, and uh, but then Les Mis was was the first one I ever saw, and um, I, I just remember the effect it had on my parents. Actually, they brought home that cast album, yeah. and every time they played Bring Him Home, my mom would start crying. And I think that's probably as responsible for me writing musicals as anything else. I saw the effect it had on my family, and then Phantom was the other, the second musical I saw, and it was about like an ugly songwriter who like wants to get girls to notice him. Yeah. And I was like, I know all about that. I'm on the cusp of puberty. <laughs> this phantom's got some good ideas. <laughs> well, uh, uh, if you can stick around for a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Talk. Okay, stick around. We'll be right back with more Lin-Manuel Miranda. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. with Lin-Manuel Miranda, whose play Hamilton is at the Richard Rogers Theater right now, and the cast soundtrack is available wherever music is sold. Go get it. <laughs> now, um, you're gonna, this thing is going to play forever. I hope so. Oh, yeah. I know, it's amazing. And then every high school is going to do it, right? I'm really excited about that. It's the yeah. best possible thing. Have a lot of kids come see it? Yeah, yeah, we have a whole initiative. We're having 20,000 New York City school kids coming over the next year. The Rockefeller Foundation's paying for it. Wow. Um, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, but what's, so what's, uh, so like, what's next? I mean, are you gonna, I mean, this has been such a hit. Another musical about a founding father? I think I'm good on founding fathers for a while. Really? Yeah, I you know. No, people love sequels and they love, you know, Hollywood loves imitation. Just do, found another founding father and just do yeah, one about I don't him. know, I, I was really, you know, Hamilton's kind of my guy. Yeah, I understand. I think that. I'm good. Yeah. But there are a lot of other guys who signed. They're like, what about Button Gwinnett? He signed the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, I don't know who that is. You don't know who that is? No. No, he's one of the three signers of the Declaration of Independence. He's a real guy. Yeah, yeah, from George Shum. He signed the Declaration of Independence, and I believe we have a picture of him. There's his signature on the Declaration. Oh. He's a real guy, one of three guys from Georgia who signed it, and nobody remembers him. I, I certainly don't. No, yeah, no. That's why I think it's going to be so fresh when I drop my new musical, Button. <laughs> about Button Gwinnett. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What happened? What did he do? Like, what's his legislative nothing. legacy? He did almost nothing. <laughs> this is absolutely true, because he, he got into politics about one year before the declaration, and then he died less than a year later in a duel. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. he died in a duel. That's died a great that's cool. ending. That's that Hamilton. works really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So is yeah. this like a, like a one-act play? It's like a one-song play. It's oh. a one-song play. <laughs> yeah, and I, we actually have a clip, and uh, you're in it. Oh, great. 
Barmaid 1AL, if it's not too much bother, pay attention. Did I mention I'm a founding father? Don't try to front me, I won't play that, madam. I'm a founder of this country, and my name is John Adams. I knew it was you, my boy, Johnny Ace. Has it really been Philly since I've seen your face? Thank you very much. Always nice to meet a fan. Hold on a second, Adams. You know who I am. It's me, Button Gwinnett. I don't need a citation because we met tete-a-tete -tete when we signed the declaration. Big wig style. How could you forget? I'm your brother, founding father, Big B Gwinnett. <laughs> Sorry I didn't hear. Can you repeat that name? Was it Bilbo Gimlet? What's your claim to fame? I don't remember any hobbits on the signature roster. You claim you're a founder. You look like a loster. <laughs> what? What? You can call me Gwinnett, you can call me Button. All the shorters call me over when they see me strutting. I'm a patriotic player, I don't need to control. Got the lady folks unbuttoning their buttonhole. Yeah, ask Abigail, she knows. I'm John friggin' Adams, come on, show respect. I ain't never heard of no bustin' in Button Gwinnett. I'm the OGVP and I know every signer from Hancock and Boston to Lynch and Carolina. It's a mystery why you pissed at me, but Button Gwinnett will make history. I'm a glutton for detention, so don't you forget, tell him my name. What's my name? What's my name? What's my name? His name is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Hamilton is running now on Broadway. The original cast album is available wherever music is sold. Coming up, Leslie Odom Jr. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free starting May 1st with a 48 Hours Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. My next guest is a Grammy Award-winning actor and singer. He currently stars as Aaron Burr in the Broadway musical Hamilton. Wanna be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. I wanna be in the room where it happens. I wanna be in the Please welcome Leslie Odom, Jr. Wow. Nice to see you. You too. I can't believe I was able to score a ticket to interview you tonight. Yeah. 
anybody that introduces us at the Grammys gets a ticket to the show. So oh, that's you, right. That was a great honor. I got to be the person who announced your category. That yeah. was incredible. Um, what does it feel like to be part of theatrical history? Like, be in something that's so culturally significant? Because you can't go see it without going, I'm seeing something different, truly significant, truly beautiful. Um, it is, you know, just the great joy of our lives to, to be a part of something that is, um, you know, to, to do something that's this big that's actually art is just not something that you prepare for when you're, you know, training. You prepare to do big movies, you prepare to do, you know, maybe a big TV show if you're lucky, but to actually get to penetrate the consciousness like this in something that feels like great art is, uh, we're very lucky. And you have an, an, an enormous variety, an incredible variety of people who have fallen in love with this work, and uh, so many people come backstage to say hi to you guys. Is there a pecking order as to who, like, says hi first <laughs> when you go backstage? <laughs> As, there kind of is. It happens. Because everybody wants to come backstage and say hi, and it's yeah. like, just gushy. It happens. It was, it's funny. I mean, Tom Hanks was actually one of the very first influential people that came to see the show down at the public. He, we were just talking backstage. He goes, it was just a couple weeks into the run when it first started. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we, we, none of us really knew what we had. We knew we believed in it. But to have people like that, him and Spike Lee and Shonda Rhimes, you know, people coming that were, you know, confirming that this thing was special, gave us a lot of confidence. We had, down at the public, there was one night, it was Busta Rhymes, Salman Rushdie, and Mandy Patinkin. That runs the gamut. That runs the gamut. You know, really did. It was... So it, who gets, I mean, who gets who to go you say first? Hi first? Yeah. Well, Busta's big, so... <laughs> like might... big in your heart or large person? Both. Well, you actually, you, you, you had one guest uh, came to the show... A month ago, yeah. and this is, um, it's Prince, who called it the best history class ever. Yeah. You know, what a, what a, what a beautiful thing to have an artist of his caliber. What does that, what does that mean to you and the other members of the cast to hear that, you know, even, even before the sad news of today, to know that someone like Prince, who's been so influential, saw you doing something different? I mean, it's, um, it's humbling, and it's, you know, we, we don't take it for granted at all. I remember then he, he had a private concert. We got invited the day of this private concert that he was going to give in Harlem. We got invited. It was a secret concert that he gave. He went on at, like, 2 in the morning, and he played until, like, 3.30 a.m. And so a bunch of the cast went down to see that, and then he came the next night, and, I, I mean, we saw he sat right in the box with the shades on the whole time. Uh, but it, it meant the world to us. And then Prince didn't come backstage. That He wasn't big on stuff like that. But then we were all waiting to see, did he, you know, did he like it? Did he care about it? And he sent that tweet. So it, uh, we'll never forget stuff like that. Well, you play Aaron Burr in, in the uh, production of Hamilton, who is ostensibly the bad guy. Yeah. Do you still see him as a bad guy? I mean, spoiler alert, he shoots Hamilton. <laughs> Eight shows a week. I feel bad about it every night. But, um, uh, no, I, I don't. I, th- I think there's very few people that come to Earth to be the incarnate of evil. There's, there's a couple people we can think of, but most of us are just trying to do the best we can with the hand that we're given. And I think that that was Burr. You know, he lived, he, he uh, graduated from Princeton at 16 years old. If you read his writings uh, at 13, 14 years old, the writings of this kid, you know... It's astonishing. The, the, this was a brilliant man, a war hero, who kind of gets boiled down to the guy that shot Hamilton. And what Lynn has done, what this show has done, is um, 
it's forcing us to look at these guys with empathy. It's forcing us to look at somebody like Thomas Jefferson, you know, in a little more, in a little bit more of a, a complicated with not as much empathy. Right. I mean, Jefferson's right. not the good guy in this one. Not in no. our show, no. No. David Diggs is a good guy, but Jefferson is not. Yeah, he's not the greatest guy in our show. Yeah. Uh, well, um, my favorite uh, song in the musical is yours, which is "The Room Where It Happens." Yeah which is an extraordinary song because your character is, Burr wants to be in a room where Jefferson and Madison and um, Hamilton are making a deal about where the capital will be and where the banks in America will be. Yeah. And you want to be in that room. And uh, I feel like a lot of politicians today do not have a plan or something they want to achieve. They just want to be in the room. Mm. They just want the power to be there to make a decision if there is one to make. Mm. That seems so resonant to our present political time. Uh, that might have been true of Burr, too. You know? Really? That he really just wanted the power, not necessarily having a plan? Yeah, I think that that was his major, that was the major difference between him and Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton really had many, many plans of how to make this a great country, and I don't, I don't think that was Burr's strength, but yeah. Um, you know, you, uh, uh, you are married, and you and your wife both sing. I saw something, uh, a Vine you guys put out recently. Oh, yeah. That this is, I, this is you and your wife, you've come home, you've had a little something to drink, yeah. and <laughs> you decided you're going to sing together, which a lot of people do, maybe just having fun, but not everybody sounds this good. Can we, can we show this is what you posted? Fly away, oh Gloria, fly away in the morning, when I die, hallelujah, bye and bye. Completely wasted. We Completely wasted. Oh yeah, we're toasty. Toasty. Yeah. Well, oh, I wish I sounded that good when I wasn't. We're feeling good. Exactly. Please invite me to that next party because I want to be part of that. Bring party. on the lucky charms and you. <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks took them. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. okay. Well, Leslie, thanks so Thank much. It was really so lovely much. to have you. Up next, Jonathan Groff. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. My next guest broke through on Glee, stars in HBO's Looking, and now plays King George on Broadway in Hamilton. Please welcome Jonathan Groff. Everybody loves Jonathan Groff. Oh, that's nice. You're so damn lovable. I love everybody. In this probably room. why they like it's probably why they <laughs> like you. Um, people are obsessed with Hamilton. Yeah. Right now. What are are you are you obsessed with anything right now? That's such a good question. Thank you. I, I... do it for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I have a long obsession with uh, Kate Blanchett. Oh, come yeah. on. I just saw Carol the other night, right? Get in line, brother. She's incredible. Yeah, amazing. She she came to see Hamilton. And I was so nervous that she was there because she's Elizabeth. Her Elizabeth is a little bit like inspirational for me as the king. Mm -hmm. 
And I told her after the show, I went on like a list of things I'd seen her do, and at the end, I just ended with, I think of you. <laughs> I think of you, and she was like, okay. And I was like, that's I, a little yeah. serial killer. Yeah, you? a little bit, a little bit. I watch you while you sleep. <laughs> yes. Well, she was sitting right there. We heard her on the show a few weeks ago, and uh, yeah, can you feel it? Can you feel the greatness welling up through your buttocks right I can. now? Uh, and for me, it's like she's Galadriel from the Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, right? totally, very, very totally, tough. totally. Speaking of queens, you play a fantastic <laughs> King George. Thank you. Because, right, I'm just saying, and by queen, oh, I mean wow. you sound a little bit like Freddie Mercury. Oh. That's all that I meant. That's thank all that you. I meant. I'll take a little it. Freddie Mercury, a little Elton John. Um, oh, my God. Is there anybody I'm missing in the mix to make your, your King there's George a little, here? There's a little Beyonce mixed in there. Oh, really? Wow. A little Dame Judy Dench in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, as her Elizabeth. Yeah. From Shakespeare in Love. Exactly. Wow. I'm on stage for nine minutes, so it's... Nine it's like minutes, the Dame Judy like track you from Shakespeare in Love. Rush it for nine minutes. It's Thank always you. so fun to see you walk on stage. It's great. I love I love walking on stage. I mean that walk you do on stage is actually because your entrance is just straight up back into. For those people who haven't seen the the play yet, you're King George the yeah. Third. Explain to the people what your sort of complaint is during the show. Well, Lin Manuel Miranda, who's yeah. a genius, who wrote right. the show. Yes. Yes. We just had him here in the in the Kate Blanchett Memorial seat. I know, <laughs> I know it's an honor to be sitting here no. for so many reasons. I'm happy, yeah. uh, but he wrote he wrote kind of a breakup song for King George. So in this, it's called "You'll Be Back," and it's basically as though America has broken up with him, and he's like, "Really? You can do it without me? Good luck." Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like I'm sure we can all relate those people that we've sort of broken up with, where we really thought we were the one that got away, mm-hmm. and then. They're totally fine without you. <laughs> that was sort of... That's, that's sort why of... I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> Me either. No, not at all. Yeah, you yeah. really know? No social media. At all? At all. How, did, how is that? How it's is nice. that? It's nice. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I why just... do you not do it? Because you can't stand that people might say something about you or something? No, it's more that I have enough, like, enough trouble texting people back that the idea of responding to people on a wall or, you know... Having more on phone time is just, I'm not into it. Wow, that's, that shows yeah. great discipline. Thank you. Well, speaking, of, speaking of, like, George saying, like, you'll be back, you actually, you actually came back. You left the play for a while yeah. to shoot the movie of Looking. Yeah. Uh, on it for HBO. For HBO. You're one of the stars of Looking. Yeah. Um, then you came back a month later. Was it, was it hard to, like, be away and then to jump back into the show? I didn't know what to think when I came back because I'd never done that before. The biggest difference was... The crown broke while I was gone. George's crown? George's crown Did it broke. Did fall off the, the understudy's head or something? I don't know. No. It was sort of breaking as I left, so there was a new crown when I got back. Yeah. And it was such a revelation because it was pounds lighter than the original crown. The original crown was so heavy that it, it really informed my, like, entrance walk onto the stage, which is a very specific, like, situation. Is that why you're walking so carefully? Because yes. Because yes. to keep your neck from snapping? A little bit, Yes. And it's sort of like, I love Lucy, like if I tilt my head in one direction, I'm gonna just like completely fall over. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I understand that Beyonce loves your walk. She came to see the show with Jay-Z, which was a, a huge great. moment yeah. for all of us. Me in particular, I'm obsessed with Beyonce. That's probably, yeah, right? Wow. Kate Blanchett. Blanchett and Beyonce together in a room. And yeah. You. <laughs> I think I would implode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But she came to see the show with Jay-Z and she was so awesome. She came back, they both came backstage and were so generous with everyone and, ta- and, and very specific mm-hmm. words to every person in the show. They like, she, they really like, they were really watching. And she said to me that she was like, you were the king. I said, yeah. And she said, uh, I want to steal your walk. Wow. Wow. And the floor opened up and I fell into my grave. <laughs> well, let's, and can, my, you, can, you, can you show the walk that Beyonce? Yeah. Because well, I, want, I, want I want people to know when yeah. they see Beyonce do it in her next video that she's actually stolen her from you. I, I want to teach it to you. Will, you. will you do it? Can I teach you the walk? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. What do we need? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe yep. we'll walk. Let's walk in this direction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. So imagine that you've got like a crown on your head that weighs okay. like 50 pounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You're in a giant cape. So mm-hmm. you're basically weighted down with a lot of like poundage. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're also, so you feeling that? I've got it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also uh, in heels. <laughs> right. Okay. Do you have like a book or something I can put in your head or like to, I to got, like simulate uh, weight? I've got. Uh, we need your hat. Doris Kern's good one's got a couple of books. I had a couple of hers. Uh, how about uh, how about the bully pulpit? Perfect. Uh, I got uh, I got uh, her one on the Roosevelt's here. That'll work. Nice. Okay. All right. It's a good plug. Okay. okay. So you got this on your head, right? Okay. Are you balancing? I'm gonna button as well. Okay, and keep your cape on. Are your heels on? Oh, you wearing your heels? Yep. Okay, so now you're just gonna want to put one foot in front of the other without crossing them, and walk as though you're walking on a tightrope. Oh my God, you're so good! Jonathan Groff is in Hamilton, now on Broadway. Jonathan Groff, everybody, we'll be right back. Coming up, David Diggs. Hey, everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though. Because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives, is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. My next guest is a talented actor who was just nominated for a Tony Award for his performance in Hamilton. France is following us to revolution. There is no more status quo. But the sun comes up and the world still spins. Lafayette draft a declaration Then I said I gotta go Gotta be in Monticello Now the work at home begins 
Please welcome David Diggs. Nice to see you again. Great to see you. Congratulations on everything. Thank you, man. How does it feel to be part of something that has become a cultural milestone? Uh, <laughs> no I pressure. I know. No pressure. I can't think about that part of it. I just yep. go to work every day. Yeah. Well, you play both Jefferson and Lafayette yes. in, in Hamilton, the yes. musical. And that was Jefferson just then. Yeah, yeah. What I love about that song is that everybody in the moment, that moment when you turn around and say, what did I miss, is a huge laugh yeah, yeah. in the musical because you've been away while Hamilton and others are back here fighting the revolution. Right. Thomas Jefferson missed everything just being a rock star in France because he was this symbol of American democracy, so he was literally just like rock star lifestyle and then uh, shows back up in the U.S. and is given the job of Secretary of State just sight unseen. He just shows up. Here, you're Secretary of State. Cool. And that's pretty much Thomas Jefferson's whole life. And the first Secretary of State. <laughs> yeah. The, well, he worked a little bit. He did a little bit of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And had a lot of leisure time. Like, exactly. invented things and, like, cool stuff, you know. Exactly. I don't know, I don't know how he uh, planted all those crops by himself. I'm saying, you know? exactly. I know. How did he have all that leisure time? He was it's so busy. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <The man> just, yeah. <laughs> so just you pushing a plow. <laughs> and both Jefferson and Lafayette, is, is there one? Lafayette, of course, people don't know, was a Frenchman who fought with the uh, United States yeah. uh, against England, is there one you like doing more? Because they're both fantastic parts. I really love that I get to do them both because they, they function really differently in, in context of the play. Mm -hmm. uh, Lafayette's arc is actually really difficult for me to, to, to get through. He's not on stage a ton, and he has to go from somebody who, when we meet him, is barely competent in English to uh, we'd see him become a great general and doing this really fast rap piece. And... Um, so I, I'm very focused and I'm very sort of in the inside of it. And then Jefferson, the first thing I do is wave at everybody and blow them kisses. You saw the thing. So that's, uh, you, it's rare that you get to do both of those things in one show, have these, these totally different theatrical experiences. One of the interesting things about, for people who haven't seen Hamilton, is that Jefferson is always portrayed as a sort of a genius hero. Yeah. in American history. He is not the hero of this play. No. Mm -mm. No, it's Who, Hamilton's story. It's so, Hamilton's right. story, but Hamilton has his own faults here. Right. Um, why do you think that this play, I mean, besides there's beautiful music, tremendous performances, a really compelling story, why do you think it is, is, it is so transformative? Because it really does feel like something, you're watching something different happen on stage. Um, I think it, it, it has to do with... Um, that that we the the performers are sort of asked to eliminate all of the distance between ourselves and the and the audience, right? So and that that's culturally um, as well as everything else. So that's why there's there's hip hop in the play. Hip hop is a very contemporary um, style of music, and that makes these characters feel contemporary and feel like people you would know and and meet. Um, it and does remove the distance between not only you and the audience, but also between the audience and the founding fathers. And I think that's the thing is you know if they are. We're used to learning about them as statues or, or paintings. Or very white statues. Very white normally. statues. Yes. Uh, How did you get involved in the project? Uh, I, um, I uh, am part of this group, Freestyle Love Supreme, that um, is uh, Lynn founded along with Tommy Kale, our director, and Chris Jackson's also a part of this group. And we were asked to perform. It's an improvised rap project. And we were asked to perform a bunch of years ago at the Super Bowl in New Orleans, um, <laughs> rapping live about sports celebrities on, on Sports Nation as they were bringing people on. Yeah, yeah, it was a totally crazy time. 
And, um, <laughs> and we're there, and Tommy Kale uh, comes up to me sort of after all this is done and says, hey, Lynn's working on this new thing. We're going to do a reading in a few months. It's a rap musical about Alexander Hamilton. Would you come and be a part of it? And What's I, your first reaction, you think? A rap musical about the founder of the federal banking system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It uh, immediately made perfect sense, and I knew exactly why. He, I, I actually told Tavi to his face it was a terrible idea, and, uh, and then told him to send me the script, because I was for sure not going to, like, my friend's writing a play, and they want to pay me? Yeah. And then as soon as they sent me the music, it was, all of a sudden, it makes perfect sense. I mean, that's the funny thing about this show, is the, the, pitch, the pitch is not great. You know, <laughs> my reaction. You know, I heard about it, and everybody said you got to go see it. So I, I think you guys were still in previews when I came. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you were on move to Broadway, but you hadn't opened yet. And my reaction was, I think, what a lot of people's reaction is, which is the first 15 minutes you go, "Oh, this is very good. This is very good. I wonder how long they can sustain this." And then, because it is so different, you're not used to seeing uh, uh, certainly history or musical presented in this way on Broadway. And the next 15 minutes, they go, wow, that is really extraordinary. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, you've completely forgotten that it's a new form. And two hours later, you're saying, why am I crying over Alexander Hamilton? I know. Why am I crying over Alexander Hamilton, David Diggs? Uh, <laughs> um, I, well, I don't know. Maybe because you haven't done it 500 times. I just... I... <laughs> You're like Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> enough. Enough. Well, I, I would see it 500 times. Please do. Thank you so much Please for being here. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements. Wherever you get your podcasts.